In this episode, I speak about the very human experience of being alone. Assalamualaikum and hi everyone. Welcome to episode three of Between the Pages. Um, thank you for listening in. I really appreciate you guys for subscribing. Those who did, and um, I hope you guys are in the best state of iman and best state of health. Um, in this episode, as I've said, I'll be talking about being alone, solitude, and uh, balancing being alone and being around people as well. So um, I'll be reading a little excerpt from this book called The Lonely City, um, Adventures in the Art of Being Alone. Um, and it's written by Olivia Lang. She wrote this meditation on loneliness. Um, and basically, she talks about how she moved to New York, um, which is, you know, a city that we know to be thronging with people day and night. But ironically, she she talks about how she experienced an acute sense of loneliness. And, and so she paints this stark contrast, this sort of juxtaposition of being lonely in a crowded place. Yeah, and so she explores this concept of loneliness, this concept of solitude through art. So she visited museums, she did a research on the various artists famous for their works, which emanates this sense of loneliness. Um, if you can actually go and Google, Google it out, uh, there's one um, artist called Edward Hopper. You can Google Night, Night Hawks by Edward Hopper. I think it's one of the pieces of art that he, he does that strikingly captures that ambience that, that resonates a sense of solitude that Lang um, was experiencing, this, this sense of loneliness in a crowd. And I really, really like that particular one. So she wrote, I don't believe the cure for loneliness is meeting someone, not necessarily. I think it's about two things, learning how to befriend yourself and understanding that many of the things that seem to afflict us as individuals are in fact a result of larger forces of stigma and exclusion, which can and should be resisted. Loneliness is personal and it is also political. Loneliness is collective. It is a city. As to how to inhabit it, there are no rules and nor is there any need to feel shame, only to remember that the pursuit of individual happiness does not trump or excuse our obligations to each other. I think this part here is a perfect way to, to, to actually just say out, you know, to, to highlight the fact that you, you, loneliness is nothing to be ashamed to be lonely. And the fact that there is also um, the, the very important point that, you know, in order to cure yourself from this deep, lonely, lonely sense of feeling, it's not the, the answer to that is to not be around people necessarily, and as well as also to know that your pursuit of being, you know, pursuit of individual loneliness and happiness should not exclude you from being in a company. So I think that this particular part here in her book, it, it kind of beautifully sums up what I'm gonna kind of like just peel a little you know, aspects here and there in this episode. So I really agree that the cure to loneliness isn't necessarily about having another person with you. It's not about being in a company per se, because, you know, how many times have we felt much more alone in a crowd than we do when we're physically alone, right? Like the remedy to this, um, I think, as Lang said in her book, is that we have to actually befriend ourselves. So I think the core of the problem is that if we really feel lonely, we don't always throw ourselves out there, desperately try to find company. I think the root of the problem is to actually be comfortable with yourself. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, so, so as I was saying, that. Like, you have to look at the root of the problem, not to treat the wound by putting a plaster over it and hoping for it to heal. Because 
desperately searching for company does exactly that. Like you're not treating um, the main problem, which is your dissatisfaction and not being able to appreciate your alone time. So that's why you end up lonelier than you'd actually be when you're alone, I think. Um, so at the core of it is actually your heart feeling like it's missing something. Like the core of your loneliness or that sort of like dreaded loneliness is that the heart is missing something. So it's not contented or it's not fulfilled. So that's why I feel like befriending ourselves is the utmost core remedy to actually not see solitude as a dreadful thing but more of a blissful experience that we all have to embrace yeah so how i think we can turn this around would be i think first and foremost is to start by changing our mindsets i think all of us have that niggling fear that everyone is judging us you know like that kind of thing where I don't know, but, but but we all have that niggling fear some some way or other, right? We don't we cannot kid ourselves. Sometimes we 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 have that overwhelming fear of people thinking things about you, and I think this all starts with a a growth mindset, a mindset that um, that will tell you that that you know not everyone's out there to judge you, and only you can tell yourself not to be concerned with what other people are thinking of you. So I think the main starting point of this is to actually have this sort of mindset change and how we can start with that is to actually, I feel personally, is to pep talk to myself a lot. And I think that's very effective for me. Like I do a lot of that. I do a lot of talking to myself. Um, That's probably why I started this podcast anyway, because I talk to myself a lot, so might as well record it, right? (laughs) So um, anyway, before I start talking more about this, I think it's important for me to lay out um, why I feel that some people find it easier to be lonely, uh, to be alone. Some people find it harder. I think environment, I think that um, contributes to how um, comfortable or how familiar you are with loneliness. And for me personally, I grew up, grew up in, a, in a family where I'm the only girl. Um, the only girl and I have two elder brothers so um, growing up I've I've always been very familiar very being com- I've always been comfortable with uh, being alone because I, I, I despite the countless times I asked my brother to play with me or whatever that I wanted to, you know to be engaged in some activities and I needed siblings I needed friends to be with to play with or to do with um, they just you know because of the age gap as well like they don't really they're not really interested in what I want to do and um, there's also no sibling to tell my secrets to and I usually am left alone doing my own thing and so my brothers would then usually ignore me um so so yeah so I think that kind of contributes to the fact that I've always been um friends with myself (laughs) I've always taught I mean I kind of learned it since young it's kind of natural I I was always left alone and I've always had my own room and all that so I think um yeah I think that that kind of paves the way to my um, familiarity with loneliness. I've always been familiar with it. So I think um, the environment really plays a part in the sense where I now am more I'm more easily kind of like um, eased into this lonely feeling of being alone, feeling of solitude, more than uh, I guess some people who don't have that um, um, same environment that I have. So, so yeah, I think, um, but, but at the same time, um, so, so, I, so as I said, I'm really comfortable with going um, everywhere alone um, because I start off at home being very much alone. I, only, I even have my own imaginary friends, um, but not anymore, don't worry. I don't, I don't talk to my, I mean, I talk to myself, but I don't talk, I don't talk to an imaginary friend. So as I said, I, I do feel very familiar when I go out 
I feel very comfortable doing things alone, like shopping, going to movies, or um, I used to go to movies, I used to watch shows or, or some concert alone. But um, there are some places where I feel that are still... Um, um, solitude is not really that celebrated. So one of the th- one of the events I think will be weddings. Like not many people go to weddings alone. Usually they go with their friends or family. So um, case in point, how pep talking works for me is that during um, one of my friend's wedding, um, she she actually um, invited us. But it's not that I want I didn't want to go with my friends, but it's because our schedules were clashing. So I had to go alone. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go alone. I mean no big deal but on the way there i you know like i think it's natural i just had voices in my head that just told that just like kind of annoyed me and told me like you know myra why are you going to this wedding alone like, people are going to be with their friends and family members and they're just going to stare at you and they're just like they'll be like who is this girl who's this random lonely girl sitting at her table eating a brownie alone is she even invited you know that kind of thing um yeah, I do have voices like that. I did have voices like that. And I and I think what helped me to kind of overcome that was to actually talk to myself. I mean, not aloud, but in my head, internally, like just pep talk to myself and tell myself, convince myself that no one cares <laughs> because I think a lot of these are just internal sort of like disturbings. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of things are just really like in your head. And I do live in my head a lot, but um, sometimes it's that's one of the, obstacles i find so i have to like overcome it by talking to myself out of that situation that i find myself in so i so yeah i think case in point pep talking helped so i really i just went there and and yeah true true enough i really felt very comfortable i felt after that i felt like you know mission accomplished like i really did go to wedding alone and subsequently i i, I did go to weddings alone and uh, i still do um just just sharing with you how i feel that um talking to yourself out of your situation will help you um and also to be familiarized with to be familiar with all this um events or places where you can actually go and try go go to places like that to be alone so i think spending time with yourself and being productive while at it is um one of the ways you can actually be very much familiar and comfortable with solitude so so there's many things there are many things you can do when you're on your own like you can read a book you can write a story you can work on a personal project you can learn something new um you can go to places where solitude is much celebrated and one of the perfect places you can go to that you can go alone will be cafes i think cafes are a perfect place to uh, it's a perfect place for both solitude and company i think both are always welcomed so people don't really care if you go there with friends or family or, or in pairs or or just alone by yourself um, other places like libraries, I think no one really cares if you go there alone or in a bunch of people with a bunch of people. You can go to movies or um, yeah, just I think these you can start by going to places that you know that people are not gonna look at you and ask you why you're, are you alone. Um, and also I think what what would ha- what actually helped me was also to find what I love and pursue it on my own. I think if you love a certain thing like you have a passion for cooking maybe for example and then you want to enroll yourself in a cooking course or a cooking workshop um but you can't find friends to go with i think it's ridiculous or i think it's just um unwise if you want to just not go because just because you don't have friends to go with i think you'll be like totally losing your opportunities losing chances to actually um, better yourself and also to actually be acquainted with like-minded souls and um, you know like kindred 
spirits who will definitely be sent your way because you'll be at a workshop or a course or a gathering where there will be other like-minded people, right? So to not go just because you don't have friends to go with is just silly, I think. Yeah, so it's it's really a lot of um, self um want for your own good like you know like self-motivation you have to go out there and push yourself if you're not the kind to be familiar with solitude then i think you can start by familiarizing familiarizing yourself in situations where you can be alone and be productive while at it so find what you love okay find your passion and pursue it and try and try your best to pursue it on your own because you can then you can actually you know explore find yourself out a bit more like you can understand yourself a bit better sometimes without company you can actually befriend yourself a bit uh, more and you can actually understand yourself even though you're always be i mean even though you you're like i don't know 23 years old but um sometimes you don't actually know know yourself like you don't actually understand yourself deeply so yeah so that's what i think um will help because you'll definitely be acquainted with company when you're at a place where you love where where you talk about things that you love um so so yeah talking about company as well I, i i like to touch a bit about balancing how to balance like this feeling of aloneness and um being alone and being with friends or family you know so um now we all can't deny that we are not self-made or self-sufficient like we are all social creatures we have to acknowledge and we need that we need people and that's a fact right so we are all dependent we need to belong to a community and we cannot be making it through life alone so um what i what i think is really interesting is that okay, as i was reading this book this either this book that i'm reading currently is called um it's, it's a biography of our prophet muhammad peace be upon him it's a uh, it's titled the sealed nectar in arabic it's titled arahik al-makhdum and i like i really like this part where um um it talks about how our prophet peace be upon him was in uh, um was experiencing solitude so i'll just read an excerpt from this so it says in hirakif as the prophet was prof- as the Prophet ﷺ was nearing 40 years, he sought solitude to dwell in his deep thinking. He used to retire to the cave Hira in Mountain Nur, just two kilometers away from Mecca, carrying with him some water and nutrient flour. The cave is four yards in length and one and three quarters, quarter yards wide. That's very specific. He used to stay there during the month of Ramadan and indulge in piety and devotion. He used to be completely absorbed in thinking of the Almighty, uh, the creator of the earth and the heavens beyond. His mind refused to accept any doctrine of polytheism and its weak imaginations and innovations. At the same time, there was not a clear path available to to him to lead his life in peace. We may say his love for loneliness was Allah's plan. Before this, the Prophet ﷺ was engaged in the office of managing worldly things and used to carry out trading. Now leaving all this behind, he sought solitude. Yes, it is because he had to prepare to shoulder the greatest responsibility that a man in the world could ever have. He had to get ready to pivot the path of the history of the world and to show the straight path to the entire human race. Thus, Allah instilled in his heart a deep love for loneliness three years before he attained prophethood. In total, the Prophet was spending most part of the month in solitude. Not only he spent his solitude in peace and in his broad spectrum of thinking, but he also thought of the invisible and all-powerful Creator ruling the earth, the heavens, and everything therein. Yes, by the will of Allah, the time was right for him to be able to communicate with the Creator through his hierarchy. And this is actually from a hadith, um, Sahih al-Bukhari, Ibn Hisham and other authentic books. 
So I thought that was really fascinating that um, even our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, actually reveled in solitude. And and I realized that, you know, during the times when our Prophet, peace be upon him, would retreat into his cave and be by himself, he would usually do it at night um, and he where he could actually be away from people. And he would usually use this time for worship to remember uh, the cre- our creator, to remember our creator and to be alone away from people. And I think there are plenty of benefits of solitude when, you know, when you're alone, you have the time and the space to reflect, um, the time and space to recalibrate. And yeah, just, just before, you know, it's, it's just really a time and space for you to, to understand yourself better and to understand your creator better. So, and, you know, as believers, we know that um, when you're alone, you're actually never really alone. Like, you know, it's, in this world, we're never left alone because our Lord is always there for us. So in our solitude, we can use it to disconnect from the world for a while and to connect it with the one who gives us the world. Like, you know, like how our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and like in, at night, he will use it for worship worshipping alone being alone and in the morning he will then continue with his daily provisions and to be around people right then so so same thing similarly we could do that like once you have you know have our have had our pockets of alone time our own solitude moments then once we have fully recharged then it's time to go back to the people and do what's necessary so this is very much similar to how i think as an introverted nature a person with an introverted nature. I think this introvert-extrovert thing will happen to be in another episode altogether. But just touching on how um, personality types will actually help, I think, facilitate that. But, I th- but it doesn't mean that extroverts can't have their alone time. I think they can. It's just whether or not, you know, like they understand that. I mean, extroverts understand that part where the, the alone time, the solitude time is where they can also recharge because what I know is that, okay, this is another topic altogether, but anyway, talking about introverted, the relation between introverts and uh, spaces of being alone, I think it's easier for introverts to be alone because that's when they need it. Actually, we, we kind of crave it more, I think, relatively more than our extroverted uh, counterparts because we need it to recharge our energy, our emotional, physical, whatever, all our kinds of energy. We need alone time to do that. So without alone time, we get insane. We go insane. So um, yeah, to restore our sanity and to maintain it, we need to be alone. We need the solitude, sol- moments of solitude. So so yeah, similarly, I think that was really interesting to see that the parallels between how our Prophet, peace be upon him, actually um, utilizes alone time to worship Allah and to also use it as a time to reflect um, and be away from people and to recharge before he before the time comes to actually go and be around his people. So, so yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to feeling incredibly alone, like, you know, some, sometimes aloneness, you know, too much aloneness or too much of something is not good. So if you feel too much, too lonely, you know, like you feel too incredibly alone, then, then and you're thinking that no one actually understands or gets how alone you feel, then I think you need to understand that there is there is solidarity in this solitude. Like, if you realize what I, um, the excerpt that I read from um, the art of, sorry, The Lonely City, um, the, the last part talk, where Olivia Lang talks about how, you know, loneliness, loneliness is collective, loneliness is a city. Okay, and um, yeah, we, we understand that we're all in this together. And if I may quote Tariq Ramadan from his book, The Quest for Meaning, 
which I'm also currently reading. You know, I, I read concurrently like a lot of books at one time. <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, like, yes, I'm, I'm reading this book called The Quest for Meaning by Tariq Ramadan. And he said in this book, when, when we begin to look around us to observe individuals and societies and to study philosophies and religions, we realize that our loneliness is shared, our solitude is plural, and our singularity is the similarity between us. So this sense of collective loneliness, you know, that Olivia Lang and, and Tariq Ramadan talks about in their in their writings really resonates with should resonate with us because you know, whenever we feel like we're just so alone in this huge, incredibly big, wide world, we need to understand that you're not the only one feeling that way and that everyone else is also has those moments. And to understand that this loneliness is actually just a part of a human experience and we can all maximize that to our own benefit. So to sum it up, I hope that you know we can all learn to eventually embrace our loneliness, to eventually embrace ourselves because the only way for us to be comfortable with loneliness is to be comfortable with ourselves. And to always remember that solitude is a blessing just as company is. And yeah, then we need and that we need to learn to appreciate both experiences, you know, as a human being. So that's about all I like to talk about how we can embrace solitude and how solitude can be blissful and how we can actually you know balance um, solitude and company and, and how both is actually integral to our life as a human being and with that I'll catch you in my next episode inshallah bye